A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by the hardest working person in all of sports infotainment, Denise Salcedo. How's it going, Denise? It's going really good. Good. Good to see you. Lovely. I mean, we'll, we'll get into your sunburn in just a little bit, but I've got a, a nice sunny disposition about you today. Do I really? I, maybe it's because yeah. I got completely sunburned. I don't feel like myself this morning. Like, I feel like all like everything hurts like my entire body hurts right now <laughs> even my well, head let's get into this show um i hope you all enjoy it we're gonna be talking about of course we're gonna be talking about punk and daniel bryan because of course we are it's the biggest news ever here's the show Can CM Punk and Daniel Bryan really actually help AEW on their ascent as they are currently on? And could they possibly even beat WWE? I am Luke and I'm joined by the hardest working person in all of sports infotainment, who up until Monday didn't know what tossed off meant here in the UK. It's Denise Salcedo. It gets worse. I'm currently the most sunburned person on here. I'm giving everybody an exclusive <laughs> into what I'm suffering with at the moment. <laughs> I feel terrible. Look at me. Denise, the more you show it, the redder it looks. Right? Right? And I don't, my shoulders are in pain. I'm burning. <laughs> Look at my face. I'm falling apart. Oh. But we are also joined by a very special guest. He is, uh, you know, the voice of British wrestling here in the UK. Uh, he is also a contributor to the Wrestle Talk magazine and a good friend of mine, Mr. Dave Bradshaw. Hi, Dave. How, How are, are you? you? How are you two? Well, Denise, I, I feel your pain. I, 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 even just looking at it, I felt like I was feeling physical pain there. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. No, it's funny over here. Like we just we have this thing, right? Luke will back me up on this. Where where. We complain all year that we never get any sunshine. The last four days, it's been hot by our standards, which is like 30 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is, Fahrenheit, but like, but not that hot, you know. And uh, and yet now we're like, oh, my God, we need we need some rain. <laughs> I, 
I will say though, in in the defense of the Brits and they're complaining about the weather, it's going to piss it down all weekend. We've had nothing but glorious sunshine all week, and that's going to chuck it down with rain on Saturday and Sunday when I'm not at work. That's unfair. Yeah, there's like a two degree rain. Glorious sunshine, BTW. Stay away from the sunshine. Uh, so Denise is going to do her best. She is going to battle through her sunburnt arms and shoulders. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Dave, because this episode is sponsored by the WrestleTalk magazine. Look at that. Kenny Omega is the cover star on this issue of the WrestleTalk magazine because featured inside is my article on the rise of Kenny Omega charting his uh, rise through with the elite up to New Japan's top guy. And it is actually, it was only supposed to be one part I was asked to write about Kenny Omega becoming the top star in AEW. I ended up writing more than 8,000 words. So it's now become two magazine articles. And we've also got from Dave in this magazine, featuring Denise's best friend in the world, Sean Waltman, an ode to jobbers. Amazing. Yes, we do. Uh, You know what? It was inspired by Sean Waltman in many ways, because the one, two, three kids defeat of Razor Ramon is still, I think, one of the iconic wrestling moments of all time. I don't think jobbers get the uh, get the credit they deserve sometimes. So I thought I'd give them four pages of the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll dive into a little bit more about that later on. But first off, now, that, I mean, basically this news throughout the, the, the plan that I had for this show, because originally I was just going to talk about Kenny Omega and talk about the, the articles and the, uh, various bits and bobs in this magazine. But uh, yesterday, basically, like within a 24-hour period, we had Sean uh, report by Fightful Select that CM Punk is signing with AEW. Well, he's, he's having an in-ring return, and it's likely being with AEW. And then, like, 12 hours later, Body Slam was reporting that Daniel Bryan had also signed with AEW, and that was, like, 100% happening. That was a lock, and he's going to be debuting at the New York show in September. Uh, a date as well that Brian Alvarez has also heard of uh, that is the confirmed date that Daniel Bryan is going to be debuting. So um, before we kind of get into the sort of broad topics conversation, I kind of said a lot about this yesterday on the AEW show. So Denise, I'm going to throw to you first. What did you make of the news when you first heard of it? All right. So when I first heard of the news, I was like, okay, this is going to be like pretty big. And I mean, it was like within minutes of, you know, Sean breaking the news on Fightful Select that I think that went automatically like trending number two um, on Twitter and all of that. And I mean, it was just everybody was talking about it. Everybody was excited about it. And like, you know, there have been rumors of CM Punk before, you know, being in talks with people or possibly appearing here or will he be here or this and that. But the fact that like, you know, obviously Sean put it out there and like with his reputation and all of that, it was kind of like, oh, right, like, you know, that he's having conversations to the point where you if the conversations are seem to be more serious now that you actually have to, you know, go out there and put it out there. So I thought that was very, uh, you know, interesting. And I mean, I'm like, I'm such a big CM Punk fan, but I feel like I'm like most fans that at this point, like our hopes have gotten up so high that we're like, well, should I get my hopes up? Well, it's failed because my hopes are officially up, you know, obviously, <laughs> uh, st- uh, as of right now, still nothing has been confirmed of uh, like any like additional, like for sure signing or, you know, appearance day or anything like that. But it doesn't matter. Like I have already got my hopes up and I think this is very exciting. And and I feel like no matter what, like this is going to create so much buzz. I mean, it already has, but like heading into All Out as well. I think that this is definitely going to be creating a lot of buzz for, for that. And I'm sure that AEW is, is at least happy that, you know, people are buzzing about that. 
Yeah, I mean, that could be a double-edged sword, though, because like if people are buzzing about AEW and CM Punk going, and then CM Punk doesn't go, then that is going to like massively sort of backfire on them, like as a company. Not that like through no fault of their own, really. Like right. they haven't promoted that he's going to be there, but I think like fans' expectation is that like Punk. I mean, this, this has happened with AEW pretty much since the launch of the company. There's always been these talks that CM Punk's been in, in talks with AEW, been talked to Tony Khan with Cody Rhodes and stuff. People thought he was going to be at All Out, like the very first all out and i remember doing the live stream reactions for that show and bear in mind that john moxley had debuted at the double or nothing show so all outs here and we had people who were legit pissed off at the end of all out because cm punk did not debut and were like and sort of like i'm never watching this show again like this and the other and i was like well aew never said cm punk is gonna be there like we were just speculating that he could show up Exactly. And I think that's everybody's responsibility is obviously to like separate what you read on the internet versus like what is actually being said by the promotion itself. So I think I don't think anybody is allowed to be upset if CM Punk doesn't show up because it's not like if Tony, this is totally different from Revolution when Tony Khan was hyping the biggest guest ever. And, you know, it was Christian and there was that whole, you know, controversy. I think this is completely different from that. Uh, Dave, um, let's, let's send to you next. So, you know, it's both Punk and Brian, like within a 12 hour period. Like, what did you make of all of this? Uh, I thought Punk's more surprising in, in a lot of ways, because in partly because of what you said, actually, in the when he didn't show up for All Out, the first one, uh, my my impression was, well, you know, if you're Tony Khan, Cody Rhodes, whoever, you will have, pardon the pun, but you'll have gone all out, right, to try and get to try and get him for that. And I'm like, uh, you know, it's not like money is is difficult for tony khan so he would have it wouldn't be a financial thing so at that point i was just wondering whether you know maybe punk just wasn't interested in any return ever um and he hasn't really other than you know i know he appeared on on the the fox show after smackdown but like other than that he hasn't really shown any interest in in revisiting that part of his life so um so i think that's massive obviously it will be you know, it will be a huge moment if and when it happens. Daniel Bryan, I think, is still incredibly exciting. I think it's, um, I think it's less of a surprise given that you know we knew he's out of contract. Uh, it's not exactly a secret that he wants to be able to work in New Japan and and the and the AEW has that existing relationship there. I know that Nick Khan was supposedly trying to build bridges with with them a few months ago, but. Um, but it's still great. I mean, and you look at the, I'm sure we'll maybe talk more about this, but you look at some of the matches, right, with, with Brian in particular, Omega, who we're going to discuss in a minute. Um, for me, Andrade, like, against Daniel Bryan, will be massive. I looked up earlier, I was like, have they ever competed against each other on WWE? And they have. They had, like, a match on SmackDown in 2018, but it was, like, a five-minute thing. Brian, I don't think anybody Brian. remembers. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, to get, like, yeah. the proper, like, NXT version of Andrade against Daniel Bryan in like a pay-per-view match to go half an hour. I mean, if you're not excited about that, then I, I'm not sure you're a wrestling fan. <laughs> yeah. so i mean like the latest bits of news on this um so dave Meltzer in the wrestling observer newsletter wrote a wwe source has said that internally the belief is punk has signed with aew there are a number of things going on behind the scenes would indicate that but nobody in aew has confirmed it and of course they won't until the decision is made for them to go public with something of that magnitude now punk himself 
playing. I mean, and this is classic punk sort of trolling and teasing. He's been teasing uh, something on Instagram. He posted up a basically a black screen that was just playing um, the Alan Parsons Project song Serious, which was used for the Chicago Bulls most recently, uh, kind of sort of re rose to popularity through uh, the Last Dance documentary that was put out on Netflix. And coincidentally, AEW have just trademarked the first dance as a uh, as a term to, for entertainment purposes. So if you're there to put two and two together, it feels like this is kind of punk, certainly alluding to something, particularly if you kind of tie it in with that bit of news. I... Uh, I'm not. I'm trying not to get my hopes up on this. I'm trying not to get too excited about this, just in case I, you know, it all blows up in my face and, and this and the other. But the, this is the first time that I've really felt like, yeah, this could actually be a. This could be happening. This feels way more likely now than it did with All Out back in 2018. Like this really does feel like something that that could be happening. Um. I mean, let's talk about some some dream matches then, um, Denise. Like for like, if Punk was to come back, if, if Punk does sign with AEW, some of the dream matches you'd like to see. My first one, and I I just like I put it out there like immediately is I would like to see CM Punk Hangman Page. Like I just feel like even just them like together in the ring, like it would be, even if it was a tag team match or something, I would take it at this point. You know, I would definitely take it. But obviously, you know, there's those very ob obvious ones like you know him and Kenny Omega. You know, I think everybody would like to see that. I think people would like to see him and John Moxley. You know in AEW would be pretty awesome as well and even like some of like the lower card guys like there are so many different talents on the roster that I think he can have very very uh fun matches with obviously you know a match with Jungle Boy would be cool I mean there's just so many options there and I mean I hope that you know again I've already gotten my hopes up, Luke. I know you don't want to get your hopes up, but I'm telling you, just do it. Just let go. Have get your hopes up. You'll and if they go down, well, then you know what they go down. I mean, I know a lot of people have been saying this in the chat as well, but like uh, Punk Eddie Kingston, just sort of like in promo battles and stuff like that, like and like Punk MJF in promo wars and stuff. I did a bit of fancy booking yesterday on the AEW podcast, which is that. Because I'm still pulling, I'm still pulling the train for Hangman to lose it all out against Kenny Omega. Because I still, I think you can elongate that story out further, and then your first feud for Hangman after that is against CM Punk, Straight Edge CM Punk versus the guy who's been <laughs> relying on alcohol, and you know, sort of like you know, has, people have said alcohol is your problem. Like that's a that's a ready-made feud right there. You're um, so right. What about, what about, <laughs> Dave, what about? Uh, well, Punk and Cody. If you're talking about promo battles. Right. I yeah. Mean, that too. That would be. That would be. I mean, I don't. I don't know who you. What the dynamic would be. Who would be the heel there? But like, you know, there's so many stories they could tell with those two. That I, you know, just just for the promos, I'd pay for that. I mean, that would be incredible. I'm also going to put Pentagon out there because basically that's my mm -hmm. answer. And any single time this comes up, because I'm like the Daniel Bryan one, I find very interesting as well because like it's there's so many fresh matchups there. Like I mean, like you, you mentioned that he's had like a you know this five minute match on SmackDown against Andrade, and I seem to remember that match. Well, I think it was when Bryan came back and yeah. like when he was first cleared to wrestle, and it was just like I basically want to wrestle all the people I never got a chance to. So Andrade is going to be one of those guys. Um, but yeah, like someone like a a, a Pentagon and. Um, the the whole deal with uh, with Daniel Bryan reportedly, and the reason why he's chosen to go with AEW over WWE, is because he wants to work in New Japan, as you were saying, uh, Dave. And it was basically whichever company had the relationship with New Japan were going to be the company that got Daniel Bryan. That's why Nick Khan 
was pushing for that new Japan relationship a few months ago, uh, which for me then suggests we could get Dave uh, Daniel Bryan versus Zack Sabre Jr. And well, you know what? From... I was going to say, well, I don't know how much you know about Zack's career, but Zack Sabre Jr.'s first really high-profile match that got him sort of kind of getting attention on the independent scene was when he had a match against uh, Daniel Bryan in 2008. This is just when I was starting to commentate. Uh, well, it was just before I started, actually. And, you know, Zach was just coming through. He'd come through the Hammerlock School in, in, in Kent. And, you know, Brian Danielson, as he was then, was still a big star in Ring of Honor, came over, had, had this match, and it, and it opened, I got eyeballs on, on, on Zach. And that was really the, sort of the moment that his, his star started to rise. And so there's some history there as well, which would be, which would be really interesting. Because you, you you've done a fair a fair number of Zach matches, right? In your in your commentating yeah. career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach, Zach's a friend of mine. I haven't spoken for a while because he's in Japan, but he's um, but he's yeah, he's Zach's uh, Zach. I think is is the best technical wrestler in the world. But you know that's the storyline, right? We 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 I don't know what he'd be called. Would he be called Danielson again now? I assume so. I think he would go back. To, but, I, I'm assuming he'd go back to yeah, Brian uh, to yeah, Danielson. Yeah, I mean that you know that kind of again it, it, it's a story that writes itself right who is the best technical wrestler in the world Zack Sabre Jr has been going around saying that for for the past few years and and well how about you know when I beat you when you were just a kid in 2008 well we could do that again so you know it, it's yeah. uh it's yeah it's, I mean it's, it's so exciting there's there's it's and and but here's a question though is, is it is it a shame that it's leaked like because, yeah because I like you know, just I, I know we, we live in a world of internet spoilers and, and all that kind of stuff. But you know, just imagine—I would have lost my, you know, what if like if I was watching AEW and Daniel Bryan showed up and, and then CM Punk showed up. I mean, can you imagine? It would be like the biggest moment, biggest like surprise moment in in wrestling history. So if the rumors are true, I mean, that, that's one thing we've possibly lost from it. But you know, I don't want to put a, don't want to put a dampener on it. It's still incredible. No, no, no. I don't no, think I, so I think because it's yeah. For the first AEW Double or Nothing, like I remember because I was, you know, there and I remember like there were already rumors, you know, about John Moxley, this and that, this and that. And then when he came out like that pop for John Moxley, like everybody lost their marbles and everybody was just like, yeah, like it's true. So I do feel that like even though like, again, you know, the rumors are out there, there's still nothing completely confirmed. And I still feel like people are going to have that excitement because there has been like, you know, we've heard rumors and they don't always come true. And, you know, now the fact that we kind of have this going, I feel like people are going to be holding on to that anticipation so that if it does happen, you're kind of like, oh my God, like here it is, it's official. So I feel like if anything, you still have that anticipation there, you know, whether you're watching from home or whether you're in the live events, you're going to, you're going to keep holding on to that anticipation and see if that moment even happens. So I, I put this theory out yesterday on the podcast. I, and I'll be honest, this theory doesn't hold a whole lot of water. Like it's a very, it's very ill thought out, really. This is proper tinfoil hat pop on, on my head here. Uh, but my theory is it's, it's Tony Khan that's leaking all of the rumors. It's Tony Khan that has been telling people that this is happening. And here's my and here's my thinking as to why. You sound like those crazy <laughs> conspiracy theorists, the ones that are like exactly. saying that Tony oh, buys totally. like tickets and stuff. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Maybe it's because I've had my first dose of the vaccination. Like the, now all of a sudden, like the 5G is <laughs> speaking you crazy. to me. <laughs> 5G is finally speaking to me. But like I was thinking, like, because like they've sold over 15,000 tickets for the New York show, but it hasn't sold out yet. So what if? I put the story out there that Daniel Bryan is going to be debuting at that show. 
And that's what pushes the ticket sales over into the sold out limits. Okay, but here's the thing about that. I think there was only like a couple hundred tickets left. <laughs> there wasn't even that many. If there was like thousands available, then maybe he would probably get that information leaked out there. But there's a couple <laughs> hundred. And, you know, as we mentioned earlier, Tony Khan ain't struggling for money. If he really wanted to do the sellout, he could just buy the tickets himself. <laughs> so I have to, I have to be, a, I have to shut down your conspiracy theory, Luke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I said, it didn't hold a lot of water. Like I, <laughs> it was something that literally came to me on a live show. I'd be like, oh, what if that's the case? Um, to answer, to ask the question that we kind of posed here, because this is something that I brought up on yesterday's show. Um, and Dave, I'm going to ask you about this first. Is that will will Punk and Brian be legit needle movers in terms of ratings, in terms of ticket sales, pay per view buys, this and the other? And the reason why I ask that is because there's been a lot of guys that have come across from WWE, people like Miro, Malachi Black, Andrade El Idolo. There's like a lot of these names of people who are like, oh man, if only they were just given a chance in WWE, they'd be a legit star. And really what we have, what we've seen is not a lot of them move needles, not even like, even Sting hasn't really moved a needle for AEW. They're still doing about the same sort of viewing figures that they were doing before those guys were there. So could Punk and Brian actually make a difference to AEW? Uh, short term, yes, hugely. Like I think if you put if, if you bring them in, whichever one or both comes in, and you bring them, you know, you bring them into a big fanfare, insert them straight into a feud for the world title with Kenny Omega, then I mean you're printing money, right? I, I can't see any any other outcome than that. You know, I do think there's a. a if I was WWE, and it sounds like WWE have resigned themselves to the fact that that like. Punk, well, Brian seemingly almost definitely and Punk quite possibly has signed for AEW. Um, they, they seem to have resigned themselves to that. And, and I wonder whether your mindset, if you're WWE with, with Punk in particular, is is like, you know what? Like maybe it's a bit of pain to go through short term, but maybe if it's going to get, you know, chanting CEM Punk, CEM Punk out of fans, you know, minds out of their systems in the long run, then maybe it's a price worth paying. Because even with someone like CM Punk or Daniel Bryan, the novelty will does wear off at, at some point, right? You know, yeah, I still think they'll be. It's, I still think they're huge assets to have two or three years down the line. But that huge spike that you get when they first appear and when they first get put in those dream matches that we're currently all like foaming at the mouth as we as we think about are like that's huge. How you maintain that and and transform that into you know doing what AEW long term wants to do, which is to become a really viable contender to WWE. Um, how do you keep them that hot for two or three years? I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's it's harder to do than that initial burst of excitement, which you'd have to work really hard to screw up, right? Yeah. Uh, Denise, what do you reckon? Well, I mean, not to be like rude or anything, but I just think that, you know, Malachi Black and, you know, all these other people aren't necessarily at the exact same, you know, Andrade and all of that. They're not exactly on the same level as CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. So I do think that they're going to be uh, needle movers now as for Sting. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a nice little boost, though, wasn't there? Like after his debut on AEW Dynamite. So um, like Dave just mentioned, yeah, like, you know, obviously it's different how, uh, you know, you know, like he mentioned the fact that it might not be a long term thing, but that was different in the case of Sting because Sting was like he was brought in in a different role than you would might see Daniel Bryan or CM Punk. So I feel like 
because of that. He wasn't like a long term uh, needle mover. But I think for that, you know, that little period, uh, I think that he was, if I remember correctly, all of the information during that time. Um, But seriously, though, I do think that, you know, uh, maybe they're not gonna, you know, I think that Daniel Bryan and CM Punk will definitely move the needle. Uh, They might not, you know, make them, you know, beat out WWE or anything like that. That's a long term thing. But I do think that they are going to make a difference. And I think they'll make a difference every week. I mean, I I I will. Sorry, just quickly, I would I will say thinking about it, if they don't move the needle, then I don't know who else from WWE would. Because, like, for example, another name that gets thrown around quite often is Brock Lesnar. Right. Because, uh, you know, what's his contract status, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think Brock Lesnar is as good a fit in AEW, uh, certainly for more than a very short kind of run, than Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. The, the, the AEW fan base, like, who are your two dream people from WWE or who are ex-WWE to be brought over to AEW? So many of the AEW fans would say those exact two names. So, you know, for those two to come, it is the best opportunity they AEW will have to, to really do some business off the backs of, of, of some former WWE guys. And, if, you know, if that's not moving the needle, as, as we're saying, then really the, the, at that point they have to say, you know what, our job isn't to bring in former WWE guys. It is to make our own stars like they're doing with Adam Page because there probably is some glass ceiling to how much bringing in a former WWE guy, even Punk and Brian, can, can do for them. And see, yeah, that's I mean, the thing I think, sorry, Luke, I think a lot right? of people say like, oh, like, you know, AEW is just bringing in ex WWE guys. And while they have brought in a lot, let's be real, uh, they have done a great balance of, you know, building their own stars. I mean, look at Britt Baker, look at Darby, uh, you know, his match with Ethan Page got very nice ratings and all of that. And, you know, there's more people, you know, look at how over Jungle Boy was, look at how over Orange Cassidy has gotten. Like, these are people that have, you know, they have, these are people that necessarily, you know, a couple years ago, didn't have a name to you know didn't have a penny to their name or you know their name didn't mean as much as it means now so i do think that they have found like a nice balance of you know uh incorporating you know wwe talent but then also making their own stars as well the aew ratings as well like we've seen them going back to wednesday nights like you were just saying entities have been really strong like last week's show was really really strong and what was so interesting about last week's numbers is that the two highest rated segments were as you mentioned Britt baker's uh segment that she had her in-ring promo and the darby allen ethan page match three guys there uh, you know who have not had no connection with wwe whatsoever and then this week the highest rate segment i believe i need to uh, someone might be able to correct me on this if i am wrong but the highest rate segment on this week's show was the kenny omega segment with hangman page so like it isn't it's you know it's it's not always it's not relying on the ex wwe guys yeah. but it, the other thing with punk and brian particularly from the punk side of things is that yeah you can you bring in some of those wwe fans who might not have tried watching your show before more importantly can you bring in those lapsed fans that may have given up after 2014 when punk left it was so hardcore into cm punk that when he quit the business they all quit the business as well or maybe they hung around for a bit and was like ah, do you know what it's ain't as good without punk like will they still come back or can they come back and you know you can add that sort of like three four hundred thousand on top of what you currently already have and if you do then you kind of are about what raw does currently i I don't know denise do you think it's possible they can bring back lapsed fans I do, I do, because if you, like, I remember when I first discovered CM Punk and then, like, I kind of got into, like, you know, obviously when you become a fan of something or someone, you start to connect with those fans and then, you know, you're kind of brought into this community, et cetera. And I remember that, like, 
he had such a hardcore fan base. Like people, I mean, love this man. And then, you know, he comes into WWE and, you know, he gets this whole new set of eyeballs. But I think no matter what, he still always had that core fan base. And uh, so with that, with the core fan base, plus all the new eyes that, you know, became a fan of his and then became a fan of his work and all of that stuff. I do think that, you know, people are essentially going to be like, dude, it's CM Punk, like, holy moly. And you got to think like, this is, you know, this is, this guy is probably so many people's favorite wrestler, uh, lots of people. So obviously like those people, like even if let's say they're just WWE fans, but CM Punk was their favorite wrestler. How, you know what? They might even come in and, you know, out of curiosity and see what's going on. And I know that is the case because I know a lot of people do watch the AEW product out of curiosity, even if they're not necessarily, or even if they don't call themselves fans, uh, they do watch the product out of curiosity. I think back to when I used to work at a job. So this is like, you know, maybe two, in fact, I don't know, I know exactly when it was. It was like 2010, 2011-ish because it was around the time of Money in the Bank 2011, right? And there was a guy who I was working with who was kind of, he was into wrestling, but not as much as me and my friends uh, were into wrestling. And he was basically just there for CM Punk. Like he <laughs> bought all the CM Punk merchandise. If if a pay-per-view was on and CM Punk was in like the one of the big matches, he would want to come around and watch it with us. And I often think about that guy and just be like, because <laughs> I still because I, I haven't worked with him, you know, for like you know a decade or so now. But like, did he just give up on wrestling when Punk left? Because I'm you pretty didn't find sure, like, out, Luke. Because I'm pretty sure, like, because I'm pretty, I think the guy that I worked with is still like in touch with him, and he never mentions him like ever asking about wrestling. So I've got to think that, yeah, he might have been one of those people that just gave up. But I was like, could this news bring him back? Because if it could bring him back, then can it bring other people? Uh, Dave, what do you reckon? No, I agree totally. Everything you just said there about, you know, that that's the prototype of the customer who you need to bring back. And and if they're smart, which I've, I've no doubt that they will be with this if, if it happens, um, that's exactly how they should use Brian and Punk, and Punk in particular, but Brian too, is, you know, as we said, like a couple of years down the line from now, once you've exhausted all those dream matches, like you want people to be buying an AEW pay-per-view because they want to see Sammy Guevara against MJF, right? But the, the reason they should want to see those guys is because they have got that rub from Punk and Brian that's made them legit megastars. And so you're bringing, like with when Jericho was, you know, with AEW from the beginning, you know, you're bringing that audience in because they want to see Punk. But then they, but then while they're there, they go, man, I really want to see someone beat up that MJF guy. Like, exactly. and then, and yeah. then, you, and then they stay. And that's that is, if you do that well, then that is long term going to bring you, you know, much more business, much more success than just bringing in Punk and Brian to do a stream of, of dream matches. The other way to look at this as well, and I, I want to put out all you know all ways of looking at this. If CM Punk and Daniel Bryan come into AEW, and let's let's say for the for the sake of argument, they both come in and pay-per-view buy rates are the same, and the TV ratings are the same, and ticket sales are the same, merchandise uh, sales are the same, this, that, and the other. Why do we care? Like, surely we as fans are just like, well, we're getting all the matches. Like, we're getting an amazing product and we're getting amazing matches. Do Should we, like, should it really matter 
that, yes. uh, that they're not moving. You still think it matters, Denise? Yes, of course. At the end of the day, it's a business. It's about money. And if the fans care about the dream matches, but they ain't buying the merch and no more fans are coming in, then what's the point? Like at the end of the day, like I, I, they have to be need movers in some sort of way. So, and I think they will. I think that, you know, the, the scenario that you presented right now is like worst case scenario. So I don't think that that's plot that's going to happen. Like, I do think that they're going to see the needle moving, you know, in all those aspects that you just mentioned right now, because if they did it, it would just be bad. And, and nobody's going to cheer for a non needle mover. <laughs> Dave, what about you? Do you, do yeah. you think it, it, it matters to us fans? I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think to, like just purely from a level of fan experience, right? My favorite times ever as a wrestling fan are when my friends in, you know, when I was in school in like the playground or whatever, like, uh, or as an adult workmates and stuff, the type that you're talking about, like when they want to talk about wrestling, you know, so I, I'm old enough to have got into wrestling during the, the tail end of Hulkamania in the WWF. And then, you know, and then uh, I was a teenager, like kind of just getting towards adulthood as the attitude era hit. And like, by being like talking about Stone Cold and The Rock and the Hardy Boys was cool. Like and that doesn't happen. Doesn't happen that often with wrestling fans, right? And so, so you know, to get more eyes on the product and for wrestling to be a, a part of mainstream pop culture that you can use as a conversation breaker with lots of people, not just with people who you you know know are already wrestling fans, is is a great thing if you're a wrestling fan. So yeah, I think it would be wildly unambitious as a fan, let alone as a company. Yeah, the kids in school aren't talking about the Miz and Morrison. No, I mean, still, you know, you talk, you like talk to people uh, at my age, kind of late, mid, late thirties. They're still kind of talking about like, like, oh, uh, you know, you talk, oh, you're still into that WWF. Well, first of all, they still call it WWF. You know, that WWF stuff, right? Oh, yeah, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. They might say Stone Cold The Rock. You know, and yeah. and I would, I would, I crave another era where like the thing i'm into is like more widely popular that's it's great it's so much fun the amount of times when i have had conversations with people in my you know my adult life especially when people ask me like what do you do for a living and i tell them like i i make videos for a, a youtube channel that's about wrestling the amount of people that reply to that with like oh man i was so into that 20 years ago I was so into like <laughs> Triple H and Stone Cold and The Rock and Mick, but every person will always say, 20 years ago, man, I was so into that. You know, it's funny that now, like, because it's the same thing for me. And I feel like everybody watching here is like, they've probably gone through the exact same thing where they tell people they're a wrestling fan. Like, oh, yeah. And then they bring out Austin's name. Like, I never, nobody ever, like, e nobody even brings up, like, it's so weird. But I never hear anybody say, like, you know, anybody like Seth Rollins. Uh, you know, I, I don't ever even hear, I don't hear Roman Reigns. Uh, John Cena, sometimes I hear about, John Cena is always, like, the second portion of the conversation. Like, the first people that people bring up are obviously obviously Hogan, Macho Man, and, you know, Austin, The Rock, and, you know, those people. And then, like, if you continue the conversation, they'll be like, oh, yeah, John Cena and his movie career, or The Rock and his movie career. Uh, that's more of what's discussed there. But it's funny, too, because now when, like, people ask me, like, what I do for a living, I have, I've been trying to, like, decide. Remember we were talking about, like, someone sometimes being a little embarrassed? I now say, oh, yeah, I do sports media. And then if they continue <laughs> to ask me further, and I'll be like, oh, yes, I, I, I talk about several uh, uh, different uh, type of sports 
sports, including uh, professional wrestling. <laughs> like I try to hide it in there. <laughs> I try to hide it in the conversation. That's so funny because that is exactly what I do with being. You know, <laughs> if I'm in a taxi, oh, what do you do, mate? I'm like, oh, I'm a sports commentator. Not because I'm ashamed of wrestling. I'm not ashamed of it. I just don't want to have that conversation for the 400th time in my life. <laughs> it's looked like, down upon. Let's yeah. be real. Okay. Like it, it's like, Oh, you watch that. Oh, you're like, you're probably a dork or something. That's how I feel. Like, I feel like they're probably thinking of me like, Oh, she's probably like some sort of like geek, you know? And I'm like, no, I'm not, <laughs> you know, that's how well, I, well, I am. So I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, um, I've told this story on the podcast before, but like I had some doors fitted in my old flats and it was uh, the night after or the, the day after survivor series 28, 18 or something like this and i was watching it at home because i was taking my notes home because I, I had before i went into the office to do the uh the review in that and the guy in there was just like oh you're watching wrestling i and i said yeah i am and he was like why <laughs> and uh and I, said, and I said um oh it's it's this is my job like it's my job to do this I'm, I'm going into the office later to do a review and he was like oh right well now that you know you're getting paid for it that makes a whole lot more sense Wow. But even then, it's like, can you imagine? Like, I feel like sometimes people don't like necessarily know, like, I feel like they don't take it seriously. Like for, it took forever, like my grandparents and, and you got to understand because they, you know, Mexican wrestling is, is looked at as differently as American wrestling. Like Mexicans, they see Mexican wrestling as like the legit thing. And they see American wrestling as like clownery. So like, that's kind of how it is. But it wasn't until like they saw that I started making money where they were like, oh, Oh, she's actually doing something fabulous. <laughs> prior to that, it was like, oh, she's just like wasting her time talking about, you know, wrestling on TV with people. Like they didn't really understand, like, you know, everything else that goes behind it. But once I explained to them, they did. But it was just like funny to see, like, even the difference in terms of like perception of how you see, you know, uh, Mexican wrestling versus American wrestling. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, we've got a bunch of Ultra Chats to get into on this topic. People have got a lot of thoughts to say about this. So thank you all so much. If you want to get your uh, uh, conversation added, to, sorry, if you want to get your comment added to the conversation, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. So we'll be reading out all of them over the $5 mark. Also, thank you to the 2,000 people that are currently watching this show. Please pull your thumb out your ass and give us a thumbs up and click the link in the video description and get your copy of the WrestleTalk magazine. It is an excellent, excellent, issue look there's me and dave uh proudly holding up our copies of it charles berg is kicking things off by saying uh, and you can follow denise salcedo i guess denise what you, you guys are all promoting the magazine and i'm like follow me on twitter <laughs> at underscore denise salcedo <laughs> Charles Berg is kicking off the conversation as said, I don't think they're going to make a difference. Wrestling just isn't as popular as it once was. My brother, who is a non-fan, always says this. The acting thing is usually high school kids trying their best. It's goofy. It's half-naked play fighting. Punk and Brian aren't going to fix that. I think that sort of person is all, is never going to be into the is going to be into wrestling no matter who is on top. Yeah, I think so, too. There are just some people that I, here's the thing is, I feel like if you were passionate once about it, I feel like if not too much time has gone by, you can probably come back. You know, how many times have when we talked about like, oh, you know, I took a break for like, you know, however much time and I came back. And but then I feel like if you were never that big of a hardcore fan, it is going to take a lot more to like pull you in. Uh, Adam Blamplate said, with these signings, we could be on the verge of another boom period in wrestling. Do you think it will make WWE improve their own product or will it make Vince care as much as he currently does for NXT? Can't wait to see Denise on a board game club debut later today. Oh, is uh, Denise, that coming is it, out today? I wasn't sure when was it was gonna... coming out. I wasn't sure if it was that was I thought it, I wasn't sure if it was today or next week. It might be today's episode though. Uh, I'll oh, I don't know. On that. But um, I'm very excited to see Denise's debut <laughs> on Board Game Club as well. But um, Dave, I will ask you this about this because something else that was written about or has been reported recently. I can't remember who's reporting this now. But because AEW are now interested in bringing in Brian and Punk, WWE reportedly are bringing back Braun Strowman. Like that's apparently like their next big play is to like bring him back into the fold because they're worried about these guys going over there. Do you think that this is going to make WWE try and step their game up? I mean, to start with, they should never have got rid of Braun Strowman in the first place. So I mean, so you know, make correcting that mistake is is useful. But I mean, I still think that there's a feeling. My impression, I'm not on the inside of WWE. I don't know, but I get the impression that they don't quite think they still don't really see AEW as a threat. I don't think, you know, they're kind of, they, they, the fact that they let Jericho do the, the do the Austin podcast, you know, uh, and, and apparently Jericho or uh, Austin called Vince and Vince like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Like that wouldn't have happened with a WCW guy in 1998. Right. Uh, and so clearly either Vince has mellowed, which I think we can all agree is unlikely. Um, <laughs> or like, he just doesn't see it in the same terms that he saw the Monday night wars right which is fair enough because you know aew doing well but they're not at that wcw peak level yet so 
I don't know. I mean, if again, if anything will establish AEW, at least in the short term, as a more viable contender that's getting the same kind of ratings as Raw and SmackDown, then then it would be bringing bringing those two in. In answer to what uh, the first guy who you, whose comment you read out, I mean, I think um, I think it's a little negative, but but there's a seed of truth to what he's saying. I think in that again, this isn't this isn't 1998. Like the the difficulty with creating another boom period like the Attitude Era is, I mean, even then there were a hundred cable channels to choose from, but now you've got so much stuff. You know, the internet obviously has exploded, video content online, you know, you can go watch Netflix, go watch Amazon, uh, You could, social media is a thing in a way it wasn't now. You, there's so many different like things competing for your attention that even with the best product in the world, to get a consistently five, six million viewers in the US, like Raw was doing, in the late 90s and Nitro was doing, I, I think that's a huge ask. So I, I do think it's a lot harder now to make something the mainstream success that we would all like it to be. Uh, Nathan Schultz says, Punk retired at the beginning of 2014. Raw ratings for 2013 were between three and a half and five million viewers. That's two to three million uh, lapsed fans that AEW could potentially tap into if this is built up correctly. Uh, Alpaca Nation says, CM Punk could be in AEW holding a mic, cutting a promo while signing a contract on live TV. And I still might not believe it's actually happening because I've been seeing and hoping him pop up somewhere for so long. Can I just go back to that first? comment about the laps fan and the two million and all of that no because i'm pretty sure that's what wwe thought when they took over wcw where did all those like 11 million plus people go they fell off the face of the earth all right they didn't get those fans so i feel like uh, i hate to say it because i do think that obviously some people come back but the majority once they're gone they're gone uh, Bacon Rasher said, uh, hello all. Firstly, anyone else had cult of personality stuck in their heads? Also, do you think the difference between WWE and AEW fans is the pops? Cena and Punk uh, is the pop Cena and Punk got when Punk returned to WWE as a hardcore pat as in, sorry, I'm just going to try this again. Do you think the difference between WWE and AEW fans is the pop Cena and Punk got when a uh, Punk returned to WWE as in the hardcore for Punk, WWE marks for Cena, hashtag page gate so I, I think what bacon rash was trying to say there is like is it the difference between so like cena coming back for money in the bank and punk showing up for uh for um you know potentially for something like all out or the week before all out i think that's what bacon rash was trying to say i'm not 100 percent sure on that one what's your thoughts a pop is still a pop and secondly yeah there's different meanings between a pop and obviously there's gonna be uh this more of a big deal we all knew uh, john cena is still obviously gonna be chiming in and out of wwe but sam punk had this whole big controversy so there's that whole thing and there's just more of a story there so obviously the reaction will definitely mean more but a pop is still a pop dave yeah um i mean yeah pretty much pretty much what I was going to say as well, I think that it's it's possibly the difference, and maybe what this guy, what's his name, Bacon Rasher, Bacon <laughs> trying, Rasher. To, uh, trying to get at is that, uh, like, with, with WWE, because they're such an established name, again, it's about this kind of casual fan thing. Yeah, they don't draw in the kind of casual fans that they used to, but you might get some people at a WWE show who are not hardcore wrestling fans. And so if John Cena comes back, well, they all know who John Cena is, and there's going to be a huge, a huge pop. You know, I suppose maybe what he's saying there is that is that Brian and even Punk are slightly more niche 
towards people who are actually kind of committed wrestling mm. fans and someone like Cena purely because you know Cena and The Rock and those guys have had have gone into the mainstream with their with their Hollywood careers. Uh, Michael Rivera said, in my opinion, Brian and Punk are going to AEW. It may be the jolt of interest they need to get casual viewers and mainstream to watch, hopefully even compete with WWE, at least Raw. Only time will tell. Uh, New Punk Rand said, AEW shouldn't be underestimated. As they start to uh, taking over markets, Chicago, for example, the consistent storytelling goes on, the star power, etc. AEW has a chance to completely beat WWE. It is a marathon after all. I trust the process completely. I mean, there's WWE is always going to be around. I don't think there's ever going to be a period of time when they're not a wrestling company because there's there's too much money that the company like they've got too many fingers in too many pies that are all making too much money for it ever to like really truly go under. But I do, I mean, I I don't think. Do I think it could happen? Do I really think that AEW could draw the same rating as Raw? Do I even with Punk and Brent? Do I think it can happen? I think it can. There was a while where I didn't I thought like yeah it'll maybe happen someday, but I was thinking like years, years <laughs> later. And then I kept seeing that raw number go down and I was like, oh well, maybe I was wrong about that. Yeah. You know, I, so I do think that there's a possibility. Possibility, I mean, I, yes. I, I do think it's um in five years' time not this is a different conversation, maybe, but I, I think in five years' time we're having a different discussion about the entire wrestling industry anyway about ratings and stuff because i still think uh, again let's not go down this rabbit hole but I, you know I, I think that five years from now wwe may well have been bought by nbc or whoever and, and you know there won't be this whole even now there's not so much emphasis on on the ratings at the time because people watch later on demand and, and, and all that kind of stuff so so what's going to be difficult is if wwe are part of a big media multimedia empire you know they're on peacock bit like how you measure like how how many eyes are on that product versus AEW it, it, there's so many different variables for how how it could all go i mean AEW could get signed up to one of the big on demand networks as well so yeah i don't know i i i just question whether talking about ratings in the traditional way like even now but especially 5 years from now all seems a bit again seems a bit monday night wars Mm, that is a can of worms that we should open up. Probably not, as you not say, today. let's not open yeah. up right now. Yeah. But <laughs> I think I would like to open that can up. Uh, Rain Tech says, hello, everyone. The question should be, could Punk Danielson help AEW beat WWE? How can Punk Danielson help elevate AEW further? I don't think AEW would spend card coin to beat WWE, but to improve AEW. I hope the sunburn goes away fast, Denise. <laughs> Wait, oh, thank you. I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry. The sunburn has affected my brain too while I'm at it. I feel so like, I feel so, I don't know. I just feel weird today. Like, well, I mean, you, you can understand. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, but you... um, in regards to that question, I actually think Dave just covered it with the whole, um, you know, giving uh, CM Punk, giving, you know, giving talent the rub and whatnot. There you go. That's like the simple way to like answer answer that question. Obviously, you know, there's going to be eyes on certain talents. Like you mentioned, there's going to be people, there's going to be some people that come just to see CM Punk. All right, let's say they put CM Punk in there with Jungle Boy, for example. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, who's this Jungle Boy? And you're like, oh, I like Jungle Boy. Oh, cool. You know, I didn't realize I was going to like somebody. Oh, cool. You know, and I just kind of feel like that's the mentality that, you know, a lot of, not the mentality, but that I think that's the 
what can happen for a lot of people is that they're going to start obviously discovering these new talents that we were just talking about with AEW growing their own people, growing their own stars, et cetera. Uh, Tyrone Kid, also Denise, I think you are currently a walking advert for why you should always put on sunscreen. Please put on sunscreen. I always put on sunscreen, but yesterday I just got lazy. I got so lazy and I was like, I don't want to put sunscreen on. I should have just done it. I had it in my bag. <laughs> That's the worst part. It's not like I didn't even have it with me. I did. Uh <laughs> Tyrone Kidd said, I think the one that would have the most underrated potential is uh, Darby versus Punk. Have Darby use the never meet your idols angle. Another one is uh, Brian Danielson versus Pac. I don't think they've ever fought before and No Styles is a chef kiss in the making. Also, what are your thoughts on AEW signing Thunder Rosa? Yeah, Thunder Rosa is now all elite. She's been uh, snuck away from NWA. Denise? I'm curious as to what went down there. I think there's got to be a story there because from my understanding, she was signed with NWA till the end of the year. So what happened? Kat Passo, <laughs> we need the answers here. <laughs> Am I, I mean, the only is. one thinking this? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I've, I'm surprised it's taken that. Well, I'm not surprised it's taken this long because like you, I thought she was like, there was more of a contract situation with Thunder Rosa. But I think it's an amazing, because I think she is an awesome, awesome talent. Yeah. And I, I feel real bad for her that she the Brit got everything out of that lights out match. And even though uh, Thunder Rose was the one who had her hand raised at the end of it, everyone was just talking about Baker and Baker is the one that's gone on to like have the great success off the back of it. So I'm hoping that Thunder Rose can really get something now. Yeah, I think NWA should have let her out of that deal a long time ago. And I kind of feel bad because without Thunder Rose, I don't really feel they have a leg to stand on. Apparently, uh, the chat is saying that AEW just bought out her contract from NWA. Oh, there you go. Well, there you go. Uh, Never mind. Dave? I'm yeah, I mean, Thunder Rosa, I agree. Great signing. I'm just thinking back. I don't want to say the wrong thing. You're talking about Pack and Danielson. I'm pretty sure I've commentated a match between them. Absolutely. Like, again, this would, be, this would be back in that same era with Zach. Like, this would be like 2009, sort of in a, in a little tiny gym in Kent somewhere in, in England. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I've done a Pack danielson match. So it has happened. Uh, if you can find that, you can find it somewhere online on in the annals of British independent wrestling. But there we go. What is the what is the match that you sort of look back on now? It's just like I can't believe I commentated on that match. Oh, I mean, loads. I mean, you know, obviously, I did what culture pro wrestling at their at their height, and we had so many guys who were just ludicrously big stars. Now, like. Um, well, uh, Kenny, um, Kenny Omega actually wasn't wasn't at What Culture, but he was one of the first ones I ever I ever commentated on. The first time, like my second weekend in the business ever in two thousand and eight, when I had that kind of obviously I already knew, but like you know that Santa Claus moment where you see where you find out you know you see two wrestlers back in a locker room planning out their match, like which which to me now is totally normal. But when you first see it for the first time ever, you go. Oh, Oh my god! They're planning what they <laughs> even though you know it's still a bit like to see it. The first time I ever saw that was uh, Kenny Omega and El Generico, who's who's uh, Sami Zayn now, and it was a, it was in a, a again in a civic center in Wolverhampton. Wow! Uh, and you know, in, in uh, Denise, you don't know you really don't know much about no, Wolverhampton. No, but, but it sounds like, very very far away. That's why I yeah. was like, wow, it's that's not amazing. exactly it's not exactly glamorous. No offense to the people. Oh, it's not glamorous. I was imagining yeah. a cute little quaint town with like really a pretty pretty village. Yeah, yeah. No, not, not quite. But wow. it's um, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, so, so just to see some of those guys, and then yeah, the what culture guys like Walter was there. 
Osprey, Ricochet, the guys who are now the, the Viking Raiders, Drew McIntyre, you know, like so many names. Oh, yeah, it's 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 mind blowing when you when you look back. We may have got a date for this as well. Was it at the IPW UK Sittingbourne show, May third, two thousand nine? It was certainly in Sittingbourne, and it was certainly in two thousand and nine. So that's probably I can't vouch that it was May the third, but that would that would be right. <laughs> I was commentating for them back then, so that's that's probably correct. Yes. I was actually just thinking then as well, and I'm pretty sure. In fact, I'm I'm guaranteed that you were there because uh, for you effectively commentated the first AEW match. <laughs> I did, yeah. Like, yeah. Denise, I don't know if you remember this, but before a when AEW launched, the the match they had advertised for Double or Nothing was Pack and Hangman Page, but then there were visa issues for Pack getting across. So in the end, they did the match at a WrestleGate show in was it in Birmingham? Nottingham. Well, what was that? It was Nottingham. in Nottingham, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. in Nottingham because I, I was there. It was in Nottingham, and yeah. so they did it at this like independent show in Nottingham. And Dave Bradshaw was the commentator for that match. So you actually you are the commentator, Dave, for the first ever AEW match. Yeah, they should give me some royalties or. or something. <laughs> but, so you were on your Twitter bio. Yeah, I should say that. And also, though, I think the more memorably than me being the commentator for it was there was this guy losing his absolute losing his mind in the front <laughs> row. Was wasn't there, Luke? That was me. And the kind of like crazed seizure of of joy about it. Yeah. I did. I had a uh, vlog reactions <laughs> to Hangman Page coming out because it was a no one knew that he was going to be there, Denise. No one knew that he was really? going to be there. Not even not even me, who was backstage all day. I mean, I, I knew that he was there, Denise. But like, oh. I, 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 I filmed on my big reaction of him coming out. What? So you're yeah. saying that wasn't legit? The reaction? It was a legit reaction. Honestly, it was a legit part. Oh, I was going to say, that, I mean, that, me. that's either the best bit of acting I've ever seen, or it, I mean, it, it's the most excited I've ever seen you. It was very excited. I mean, and, and you know, Rampage was on that show as well. And I always pop when Rampage comes out. Um, Rain Tech, uh, just to add to his previous uh, Ultra Chats, um, AEW don't spend money with the thought of, let's just spend money to own or beat WWE. Their first thought is on their own product, which will eventually maybe lead to them beating WWE in the long run. Um, we've got like a bunch. I'm going to try and go through some of these chats because we've got still like three pages left of these. Uh, Bacon Rash has said, uh, just to uh, add to his confusing chat, what I meant was, Remember when Cena beat Ray and, and Punk came back? Cena lifted his title and then Punk did. Punk draws hardcore fans, and that for me is AEW fans. And maybe more coming back to wrestling than him and Brian and AEW jam that jam. I see what you mean now, yeah. It's kind of what you were saying as well, Dave, actually. Uh, Eli, for Brian's debut, I'd love to see him against everyone's favorite chaotic paladin, Miro. Imagine Miro cutting an intense promo, then he's cut off by the final countdown. Brian taps out Miro to win that TNT title. Uh, Axel Hunter said, regardless of ratings, AEW's biggest weakness is people not knowing they exist or are worth paying attention to. Without, uh, with how many people that watch Punk and Brian that don't anymore, it'll get regular people saying AEW in social situations. Peter Mullen said, my company used to have a saying, all we need to do is get them in the door and that, uh, then what we offer will keep them there. I think that is the impact of Punk or Brian. The AEW keeps most people watching who want to watch long term. It's just getting those people through the door. Joe Strike says, oh, this is an interesting one. Are they equal to Nash and Hall? Brock was UFC champ, not a loser. WWE is still a sleeping giant. I haven't seen AEW make their own star yet like TNA did with AJ. Uh, WWE sold more when they got a top WWE star like Jericho as opposed to a WWE ruined uh, star like Rusev. I would say that um, you could make that AJ was a star, but like 
they weren't selling the amount of tickets that AEW were. So I could then you could say that AEW have created a bunch of stars that people want are paying tickets, paying money to go and see tickets to you. You know, fifteen thousand tickets in New York is no joke. But um, I just want to ask that one. Do you think that Punk and Brian going in is the equivalent to Hall and Nash going across to WCW, Dave? I think it's a little bit different. Yeah. But you want to go ahead and continue? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a different, it's, you know, I know I've said this like three times today already, but it's a different time. Like, it's a different, I, can, I see what he means. I, I, I can see the 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 parallels there. Um, it's not quite so, it, I say it's different in a way, like the, the circumstances with the individuals are different too, right? Not only is it a different era, but it's like, it's not like, these are massive current stars and they've just gone because there was a bidding war between two massive companies and, and one one. I mean, I, I don't think Punk was ever going to go back to WWE. Like, and, and Brian, you know, is getting towards the end of his career, wants to be able to do New Japan. So I think, according to all reports, what the, the, the key point for Brian was he wanted a contract where he could also go and do Japan. So, you know, the reasons are different in terms of what the impact is um, that they have. Will that be for AEW what what Hall and Nash were for WCW well we don't know wait and see uh, New Punk Rand said uh, also that well, what will be a needle mover is three time WCW Cruiserweight Champion two time WWE Cruiserweight Champion TNA American X Cup Champion Hoovertude Guerrera he wrestled a few days ago and he was really good he would add a lot stay juicy guys so uh, for anyone new viewers New Punk Rants uh, every week tells us that the reason why AEW is not the biggest success possible is they don't have Juventud Guerrero on their roster. So maybe, maybe Juventud is the answer. Uh, Brian Murphy, uh, what a week for news. Do you guys have any matches or feuds that you want uh, Brian Danielson or CM Punk to have or that may get overlooked? For me, I want Danielson versus Lance Archer and CM Punk versus Ricky Starks. So, okay, so out, outside of like the obvious ones, is there any sort of like undercard or like maybe more surprising ones? Denise? Um, what about, uh, I keep wanting to say Dan oh, Daniel, Brian Danielson and, uh, Orange Cassidy would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, cause Brian loves doing comedy stuff as well. Like in his autobiography, he talks about how like the most fun he had in his wrestling career is when he was working in England, essentially doing the Butlin circuits. And he was doing that with Regal and stuff. Cause it was like, it's just going out there and doing comedy every night. It's like doing a live comedy show. And that was like the most, so I think him doing a comedy match with, Orange Cassidy, I think it's something he would absolutely, he'd have a ball doing. I agree. Dave? Yeah, Ricky Starks is a great shout. I think he, I think he's a mega star in the making. So that, that would be, that would be something. Um, yeah, I mean, Guevara, I'm a huge Sammy Guevara fan. I mentioned him earlier, but like him against either of those guys. I'll tell you who I love in, in AEW at the moment is the acclaimed. Like, and I know they're not, they're in the tag team division. This wouldn't happen certainly yet, but like, you know, the, Max Cast, you say Castor or Caster being English? Caster? I was Caster. Cast, yeah, Caster. him being like him, you know, him being uh, like he's obviously very sharp on the mic, right? And if he gets to a point where he's on a singles run, this is two or three years down the line. Because uh, a lot of it with Punk for me at this point, because Punk's a great wrestler, but he's, you know, he's well into his 40s now. For me, a lot of the value of Punk is the promos now. Like he can have some good matches as well, but like the, you get a proper interaction, a proper like heated in-ring segment between punk and someone it could be really good and that's why i said cody as well because i, th I think punk and cody is, is just money but but there's so many yeah, mjf again you know another another one it, it's just yeah and that's why it's also exciting this week because i know we're getting ahead of ourselves and none of it's been confirmed and all this <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff but the possibilities are so endless 
like that it, it it's just it's like it's like a dream hopefully come true for, for wrestling fans i have a question how does yes, one please. unlock a keyboard i can't type what i don't know done? why my little letters aren't coming out what does one do <laughs> Your little I'm letters aren't coming out. Trying to figure out how to <laughs> unlock my keyboard. I mean, I was about to say you could just Google it, but you can't type. So, I can't um... type. So I need the chat's help for this. I was trying to write something, and I was like, "What?" The? I was writing, and then I think I pressed something, and now I can't write anything. Chat, help her out. We're live, pal. Alpaca Nation <laughs> says, "If Punk does sign, who's ready for the awkward tension between him and Cole Cabana?" Um, also, not sure on the validity of this, but the Twitter mill is that WWE have asked 2K Games to remove Daniel Bryan from the upcoming 2K game. Yeah, that was also in um, the Observer newsletter as well. That, like, I mean, but PW Insider had reported that earlier in the week that WWE have got like no plans for like any merchandise for Bryan for like the rest of the year, which is what sort of led to some speculation couple that with the body slam report but yeah this is now like them asking this week or you know in the last sort of 24 hours to ask asking 2k to remove him from the the new game um the punk cult situation i don't know them personally um i wasn't on the quiz mania that, that colt cabana was on uh so i i haven't spoken to colt in many many years so I don't know uh, what, what that situation is going to be like. Uh, who knows what's happened behind closed doors with, with those two. Exactly. I feel like those those things are kind of hard to comment on. It's not like it's out there and it's news that I can say, oh, well, they had lunch on Tuesday. No idea. Um, some people are saying try Alt F4. Uh, Alt F4. Nate S said, I want Punk versus Malachi Black. Not right away. Because I don't I have like Alt. <laughs> What is alt? Is it control, option, or command? It should be option, I think, for you. So option F what? F4. This is exciting. I want to know if this works. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Buy the rest of magazines well while you're at it. Uh, yeah. Nate S said, I want Punk versus Malachi Black, not right away because I don't want either of them losing uh, when they've just joined, but that could be an awesome long-term build. Eric Metzeloff said, uh, if we do get Punk, uh, does that mean the door is open for AJ Lee? I think she'd be a great addition to the women's roster. Not sure about Brie. Uh, not sure if she'd be as likely. Yeah, let's, um, let's talk about that. AJ Lee is someone who would be a massive bolster to that women's division, Denise. Oh, she is so needed. One of the things that I've been talking about my show is that I feel that Britt Baker definitely needs way more bigger challengers because right now she is one of the people that people most love to see on AEW. She's got all this momentum, but I hate to say it, but right now there isn't anybody that can help elevate her as champion. She's elevating herself. And I still think that she needs somebody to obviously be that, you know, that hot challenger for her. and. Who better else? I mean, obviously, AJ Lee would be a fantastic person, uh, even uh, even more so than I think many people would hope. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think she could definitely be used there. Dave? Oh, that's a great point. I mean, I, I, AJ Lee, the possibility of that hadn't even crossed my mind. I don't even know what her – I don't even know what she's up to nowadays. Like, I don't know what her status is, whether she'd have any interest in doing wrestling. But, yeah, if she would. She's one of the real unsung heroes in the history of the WWE women's division because she was really carrying it. On her back you know she did a promo to that effect but it was it was rooted in some truth i think you know for, there was a, a time when she was you know that era when she was champion just before kind of just before like page came in where like she was you know really important to keeping everything going there and and she could do a yeah great job for AEW. 
Uh, Danny W said, Denise, um, explain your logic with AEW hiring WWE talent. 80% to 90% of WWE talents are from Ring of Honor, PWG, etc. Just because they made a pit stop at WWE doesn't make them WWE guys. Not hating, just curious how that makes sense. WWE hardly has any homegrown talent. I mean, I think this is a point that a lot of people make. And I think it's, it's in the, we often said on this show, both you and I have said this a lot, Denise, is that like, it's impossible. I think it's impossible to say, oh, you're just hiring WWE guys because WWE have done nothing but hire people from other promotions. Like there was a impact like their number one developmental. Exactly. Like there was a stat recently that was just like in sort of like the past, you know, 18 months or whatever it was, uh AEW brought in X amount of people from WWE, whereas WWE have brought in twice as many people from Impact. Like that is like they in the the homegrown talent for WWE is what Roman Reigns, Charlotte Flair. Bray Wyatt are probably like the top three. Everyone else has made a name for themselves somewhere before getting there. And where was, where, was, uh, where did Rusev come from before WWE? Maybe he was like a W. Maybe he did some stuff on like yeah, some small sure stuff beforehand. Right. I think you can. I think he is someone you could say made a name for himself in WWE. Hmm. But like Alistair Black, I think you know easily make arguments that he made a name for himself many times hmm. over before he ended up there. Same with Andrade as well. Well, what, you know, at what point do you say someone has become a WWE? I mean, obviously, Brian and Punk made their name in the Indies, but you know they made such an impact in WWE that it would be kind of crazy not to call them. WWE guys, but no, but I see what I see what they're saying. Like, it's, yeah, they're not just WWE. They they've done other things in their careers as well. I just, um, I, yeah, I just think that it's like I almost feel like it bothers some people a little bit more, and I get why there are some names. So I'm like, well, we didn't really need that person, right? But then there are some names. I'm like, you know what? This person's been working out, you know, so far on the AEW roster. So I'm not completely opposed to the whole oh, we're just hiring people because they're WWE guys. I feel like it's more than that. Like they're not just hiring anybody because if they did, how many people haven't hasn't WWE released alone this year? And not all those people are there uh martial arts said had my second vaccine shot today yay i get mine tomorrow uh question did cm punk leak the news of his negotiation to prove that he still has immense name value after the failed ufc experiment and the botched wwe return <laughs> hey i mean i had a tinfoil hat on earlier yeah. but i'm liking this one i'm liking this one dave yeah i was, I was just laughing yeah go go join luke in the uh in the conspiracy, conspiracy theories yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I don't know, Jim, that's a question for Sean. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'll ask Sean next time I speak to him. Uh, actually, you can pose, you can ask him on the Monday fight on the Fightful Post Show. Uh, James Branch said, "I was wondering what if Punk does sign with AEW, but in a backstage creative role. He always seems to have a very creative mind and eye for details that AEW has exhibited. It might be a perfect fit for him. Yeah, kind of working in sort of yeah. like creative. That's actually a really good idea." Um, Mean Man says, with Vince's apparent anger towards NXT for losing to AEW, Raw's descent and AEW's ascent, what will happen if Raw starts losing to Dynamite? Will Vince start having Bobby Lashley drop to SmackDown lower mid-carders as, as shades of Hardy versus Cross? Uh, he might have the entire that... NXT roster come in and get beat by Bobby Lashley. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, never mind. They'd get beat by Jeff Hardy. I was going to say, yeah, you want to pick out the big guns like Jeff Hardy. Yeah, exactly. Or a Jackson Riker. Um, Rangers oh. Mayhem. 
oh Denise, are you not on, are you not on board the Riker train? Look how intense he is. Look at that face. Oh, Look at that pop why do you do face. this to me? Don't you think I've had enough pain these last <laughs> like twenty four hours? <laughs> I love how you have that image just ready on hand. Already. I know. Oh, yeah. Why do you have yeah. that? Yeah. It's because Ollie Ollie Davis is of the belief this man is a Stop, future WWE terrifying. star. Look at those. <laughs> to look away it's too aggressive <laughs> i can't this i've only been up for like two hours it's barely 9 a.m for me i've already seen jackson Riker more than i've seen my own face this morning <laughs> rangers mayhem said uh tk is already thinking mainstream with jungle boy and peter avalon being on family feud this weekend on david arquette's team went against as Pee-wee he Herman. should as he should Maybe the ROH partnership since Dalton Castle was also on the team. Yeah, and, R- and RJ City was also on his team as well. And RJ City's doing work with WWE currently, like bar the bump. Uh, Joe Strike says, on that topic, the wrestling isn't cool anymore. How much credibility is left in punk promos? Can he still be the best in the world after he got absolutely bodied in mixed martial arts? Brock Bro. was USB champion. Batista, Lashley, and Hager won their matches. Punk got murdered. Mm. It doesn't matter. He was in a real fight. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, I yeah, but I kind of I kind of get that though, Dave. No, like the Luke, of like, he was yeah, in yeah, a it, real fight. Yeah, but like, sort of. Surely, wrestling is also a real fight. It's just it's a it's a simulated real fight, right? Luke, have you ever won a real fight? Uh, I mean, Dave, of all the fights that I've been in, I, I feel like I've won <laughs> most of them. I, I, I think. I got my ass kicked a lot. Like when I, was a kid. You, when, I to, when I got to fight right? some university, I, I did all right for myself. <laughs> no, I, you know what? There's a, there's a good point in there though, because I think like, I, I do think that probably promo wise and character wise in the long run, obviously you can't do this immediately because the pop when he comes back to start with will be massive. But I think the money with punk in the long run is probably as a bitter heel rather than, mm. rather than an all conquering baby face, obviously baby face to start with. That's inevitable. You, don't swim against the tide, but um, I've always preferred Punk as a heel. Yeah, he's a he's a much better heel. Friendly reminder that we saw Wardlow and Jake Hager in an MMA fight in AEW. Okay, yeah. just throwing that out there as a friendly reminder to all the people. Yeah, I didn't like that either. It was terrible. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like Punk's MMA fights either. Basically, gifts. <laughs> uh, Tony Ramos uh, says, uh, with the rumors of the Queen of the Ring, what do you think of the idea? Having a tournament on each brand and it culminates in Survivor Series and the winners of each brand face each other in a triple threat to crown the first queen. Um, so I know a lot of people are excited. I don't want to be the, the Debbie Downer on all this. Oh, come I, on, Luke. I, I'm not gonna, I don't want to be the negative Nancy. Do it. Do trip, it. Do I, it. I'm going, but I am, Denise. I'm going to be the Debbie Downer of this situation. I know people get really excited about WWE doing tournaments, but WWE hates tournaments. They hate tournaments. And King of the Ring is designed to create comedy characters. I don't, I'm, I'm not excited about a Queen of the Ring tournament because it's going to get either terrible TV time or it's going to result in a bad gimmick at the end of it. I don't know what there is to be excited about that. So uh, hashtag cancel Luke Owen against <laughs> for being against a women's tournament. I'm going to rephrase this and make it into some sort of like controversial. Luke Owen of WrestleTalk does not think women should have tournaments. <laughs> no, honestly, like I, I'm excited for a dude. It can't be any worse than what they're doing right now with the women's division. <laughs> I'll take it. I love I love right. tournaments. I mean, I know what you mean. They, they do sometimes not do them well, but like, I mean, first thing I would do if I was in charge of WWE is bring back King of the Ring as a as a pay per view. 
Anyway, I like I I, I love back taboo Tuesday. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I used to love that show because I actually thought that the fans really got to vote, and I'd be so mad because I was like, "Man, how did the fans not vote for this?" I know, outrageous. But no, I mean, like, I would, yeah, a Queen of the Ring. If you do it as like a proper like network special, maybe do it like over two nights, like the May Young Classic was, or or what. However, I don't know how you do it, but like, do it like that rather than oh yeah, this this you know a throwaway match on SmackDown each week. Oh yeah, this is a quarterfinal, by the way. You know. Yeah, if you're going to do it that and devalue it in that way, then I've got no interest. If you're going to do it as like a proper event and put on some really high quality matches, have someone be like the Iron Woman who does, you know, wrestles three times in one night to win the whole thing, then it could be great. And they and they they've got the talent and the depth now in the in the women's division to be able to do that and do it well if they choose to present it right. Yeah, that and that's the case. Like I'm all on board for it if they're going to like because. Bear in mind, when they brought King of the Ring back a couple of years ago, we had people on our chats that were being like, oh man, this is going to be WWE's G1. Like, finally, like, we're going to be, like, because it was around time that, like, in New Japan, we're killing it with the G1, right? And I was like, I'm pretty sure this is just so Baron Corbin can wear a crown for the next year. Like, this is just so we can crown a comedy. And, like, you know, lo and behold, it was so Baron Corbin could win a comedy thing. Like, I am all for a women's tournament, and I'm, I think it will be really good. But if it turns out that, like, it's just, it's Dana Brooke versus Naomi in a two and a half minute match, then really how's that any different to what we're currently getting it could be worse we could be seeing reginald and the queen of the ring uh, he's 24 7 champion he's got his own problems uh tony p has said if things get better in japan again and there's a full wrestle kingdom what cross promotional matches would you like to see i've got kenny in the bucks versus switchblade and god as one of them oh boy boy howdy that switchblade promo on impact against kenny omega and the good brothers was delightful denise I agree. I definitely agree. Jay White's been one of my favorites, and I feel like the uh, internet wrestling community took forever to get behind him. And then I feel like a lot more people have. Um, at least I know I've been on that, you know, Jay White uh, bandwagon train for a while now. But yeah, I definitely think that Jay White is definitely somebody that I would put up there to have a bunch of dream matches. Uh, Dave? Yeah. I. I mean, I, I agree with that. I agree with all that. I think um, he's really great. And and again, you know, Kenny Omega, we're going to, I guess we'll talk, we'll get onto the magazine in a minute, I guess. But like Kenny Omega, just whatever he does is, is gold as well. So there's, yeah. Uh, James Hanley said, I think their lack of future planning with the women's division uh, after the Brit, as this is in regards to Brit Bacon. So I think there is a lack of future planning with the women's division after the Brit Nyla match. It's the it's on dark elevation crowd that say that as a defense. Seems they created a great character with Brit, but I've no idea what to do with her. What do you guys think? I for think, I for think Brit? Yeah, I, well, I, I think that I think she needs and they should have established another challenger already. Yeah, that's right. So maybe, yeah, they maybe they've got that in Thunder Rosa. That's exactly what I was saying. But this the thing, though, is that like Thunder Rosa, I feel like they can like hold it off. And obviously, that's something that they could definitely headline with. They're gonna, if they were to do like Brit Thunder Rosa at all out, would be amazing. That would be fantastic. But then it's like, OK, well, where do you go from there? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like they got to have somebody else like in between that. And you know what? And that's it. What's it's interesting because some of that stuff, like the, the fact that there's a lot of the top women's wrestlers aren't available is is by design on the part of wwe right you know not just with the women's division as well but they their, their policy up until very recently in, in response to competition whether it's aew or someone else was ah well we've got loads of money so let's put everyone on contracts even if we're not really going to use them they can you know they can stay in nxt or nxt uk or or, or wherever and if we want to use them we will but at least they can't go to the competition 
So one of the kind of, I don't know if they, they must have foreseen this, right? But one of the sort of side effects of Nick Khan coming in and cutting a load of guys out is that they're able to move somewhere. And so you're really boosting your own, I'm sure you've talked about this before, but you're boosting your own competition there. Uh, and so, yeah, the more people they release, the better it is for the women's division in AEW because because there's going to be a, a bigger pool of talent to, to choose from. Uh, we've got a couple more super chats before we uh, call it a day. Breaking Sydney says WWE is horrible. Why would you want to watch your favorite wrestlers be consistently misused and poorly booked? We all see it. Cesaro, Buddy, Iconics, Gable, Ruby Riot, Cross's debut with AEW, New Japan, AAA, Impacts, NWA, Ring of Honor, and Stardom. Why would you watch? Roar and Smackdown and Ashamad says hey lads and lasses just want to say thank you for all you do it's been an ice cream for breakfast kind of day um, um, yeah just to add I don't hate the WWE product I think that they make a lot of bad calls but I you know, still think that there's some some good in there and I will say well, that it's always an ice cream for breakfast day Thank you, Dave. I would agree with that. Um, okay, so we were going to talk about the Rest of Magazine. Unfortunately, we went so long talking about Punk and Brian, and you guys had so much that you wanted to add to that as well. Um, Dave, do you, I was going to say, we can hold this up. Dave, yeah. do you want to just quickly talk about your uh, jobs article? Because it's really, really good. Well, I'll talk, about, I'll talk about the magazine as a whole. I mean, there's, there's a lot in there this month. I'm, I'm really pleased with how the magazine, you know, I'm pleased to be part of this, because the magazine is really come, come on leaps and bounds, I think. And there's a lot of really, uh, you know, high-quality articles that are sort of four thousand words that you've done this month luke on on uh, on kenny and you're, you're doing next month my piece is on on jobbers as i say i look at back at people like the brooklyn brawler and barry horowitz and all those classic names and, and sort of look at what their role is in in making superstars and how sometimes the guys who are the jobbers are actually more talented workers than the people they're they're putting over so i hope that's an interesting read we've got a piece in there on uh, on the new world order uh, as well and we talked about them a little bit today right with with hall and nash and the the parallels with with brian and punk so a, a look back uh what is it now it's 20 20 years right since 20 years 20, this uh, 20, 25 years right could have been uh, right, 25 96. yeah oh yeah yes yeah, my maths is terrible 25 years, years since, since the bash of the beach when the uh when the, the new world order was was created so a look back at that as well we've got uh, I don't know. We've got loads of stuff. Helena Sell Sean's review. in there. Yeah, Sean's in Sean, there. Sean's got an article on, uh, well, the unholy matrimony of pro wrestling and mixed martial arts. And look, there's a photo of Denise's most recent favorite match, Hager versus Wardlow. In oh, a, dear uh, Lord. <laughs> in the stage martial arts match. Brawl, it will never be Brawl for All. <laughs> Nothing can beat the Brawl for All. Um, <laughs> And I'm also just going to quickly put over, lastly, in that I've got an article here about when Jim Duggan was on the 90s TV show Games Master here in the UK Amazing. playing Super WrestleMania on the Super Nintendo. So cool. I mean, what, what's, what's not to love if there's an article about Jim Duggan? So, <laughs> when you need to do a like 25,000 25, word article on how fabulous it is to be my friend. Oh, that I could, I could do that right now, Denise. Like, Thank it you. is. That, so that, that would sell all of the copies. I mean, it is like the brightest of bright outside. It's so sunny. I'm about to go and have myself a beer in the garden with my wife. But now that you've sent me that assignment, I'm just going to sit in <laughs> indoors Thank instead. You. Priorities, Luke. Priorities. 
Uh, but we do have a one last question that's just come uh, in, and uh, wonderfully from the mayor of Painesville, Dan, who says, hello, Denise. Hello, Luke. Hello, Dave Bradshaw. I hope everyone is feeling well tonight. It's a special question for Dave. Who is winning WXW Shortcut to the Top next week? And do you, uh, do you think coming to the first uh, WXW live event is a possibility for you? Uh, well, for those who don't know, w WXW is, is one of Europe's top independent promotions. They're on they're on the WWE Network and on Peacock. Uh, and next week is our shortcut to the top show, which is like a 30-person over-the-top rumble. Winner gets a, a, a shot at the unified world title at, uh, at WXW's 20th anniversary show the following week. Uh, we had a match this past week. Uh, actually, oh, I can't say. There's a match about to spoil something because it's two hours till it airs. I recorded it earlier. Uh, there's a match tonight between two guys, Bobby Guns and Michael Knight, who are excellent workers, both of them. The winner is going to be number 30, and the loser will be number one in the Rumble. So I, I will say the person who wins that match, I think, has a, as you would expect, has a massive advantage. Uh, in terms of whether I'm going to be there for the 20th anniversary show, I think it's unlikely in person because the, the restrictions in Germany are still... Uh, somewhat severe, but I will certainly be commentating it. That is excellent. Uh, to answer a couple of the questions, Brandon, has Luke watched Selena yet? I have not. Um, and this person asking, I miss Games Master, then I would highly recommend you check out my podcast because I review episodes of Games Master in my spare time. Uh, that is under consultation. If you search for Games Master in a podcast app, you'll find it. It's a wonderful time. Um, thank you all so much for joining us today. Um, Denise, as well, we need to settle our bets um after england lost the world cup shake finals. it off by taylor swift a bunch of people asked for that song so that's the song you're getting okay shake it off it is then i will work on that in a week so dave um, so we me and denise placed a bet that yeah. if england if england won then denise would do three lions and uh, if if we lost then i would do a song of her choosing well sadly i'm, I'm still only uh two weeks into a, what will be about a three-month period before i'm prepared to talk about that football because <laughs> uh, it still cuts me deep um can i just get a plug for the magazine before we go as well uh just for, for those who do want it we haven't said where you can get it if you're in the uk you can get it from you can get it from tesco from asda from wh smith various other shops uh you can also get it online you can either get a print or digital edition wherever you are at wrestleshop.com And if any of you were worried, we have fixed Denise's technical issues that she was having with her keyboard. It was a simple case of disconnecting it and reconnecting the keyboard. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I also realized that I need to charge this keyboard. I didn't even realize that either. All this high tech stuff just requires way more work. So, Denise, your sunburn. Yes. What, what happened? Okay, so what happened was a case of good old-fashioned laziness. Just not wanting to put extra effort. You know, I'm still mad at myself because I wear sunscreen every single day on my face. Like, even if I don't go outside, I wear it. The one time I go outside, I decided, nah, I'm not going to put sunscreen on today. I didn't put any sunscreen on my face. I didn't wear a hat. I didn't put sunglasses on. I uh, wore a tank top with, like, the back is open and the front was open and the sides were open. And I didn't put sunscreen on. And I mean, I might as well have taken a trip to the sun. Let's be real. Because I am go? completely sunburned. Well, I was doing the Bellator coverage yesterday at, oh, in Inglewood right, at the forum. And I was out there for maybe like two, maybe three hours in the sun. 
And uh, actually not even the entire time in the sun. Like I was probably in the sun for maybe a solid hour. But like everything else, like I was in a little tent, but it was just that one hour that did it, though. That was enough for me to like get completely burned. Man, I it's getting sunburned is the absolute dirt worst. I, I hate it. Like I am I'm not a fair-skinned man, but I burn easily. <laughs> I think me me not leaving the country for like a decade or so has really like hurt my potential of like my intake of sun and like my sort of like a resistance to it. So whenever me and my wife go on a holiday, like I get one day in the sun where I like I go all out, then I burn, and then I spend the rest of the time hiding under shade and just scared of the sun. Exactly. No, it's going to be so annoying. Like yesterday, it hurt to shower. And I know it's going to hurt to shower today. And then it just makes you extra tired. Like I woke up today and I was like, man, I feel like, I don't know, like I just didn't have any energy whatsoever. Yeah, it's it's the absolute worst. Like I used to be real bad for it as well because obviously I didn't really put sun cream on either. I'd just be like, yeah, now I'll be fine. And I sit out in the park, and they're like, oh no, now I'm burnt all over. Yeah, now I'm like extra. I use Factor Fifty for kids. <laughs> uh, I am like super duper high protective all over, particularly now because I've you know I've got no hair on my head to protect me. <laughs> so I'm all over the face on my neck and my. I, I, I but go, even if you oh. have hair, like the little line that you know that's like parting your hair, that gets sunburned. So that's going to be terribly annoying. And I know it is because when I took a shower and the water hit my head, I was like, oh, 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 no. <laughs> oh it's the worst. Absolute worst. So, I mean, I was going to ask what you're going to be up to this weekend, but it sounds like you're basically going to be spending all that time indoors trying not to get more sunburn. I'm actually babysitting this weekend. I'm babysitting six kids this weekend what like daddy daycare it's gonna be yeah daddy daycare in this (laughs) house so i have my four siblings coming over my fiance's nephew coming over my little cousin coming over and they're all gonna have this big sleepover at my house so um we're gonna do like pizza and board games and video games and all of that kid stuff and movies and you know all of that so it should be a fun 24 hours uh a busy 24 hours but i promise so you know i keep my promises uh what board games are you gonna play well i haven't bought any yet (laughs) (laughs) and i don't think that they're at the age level to play scrabble because that's the only game i have so at some point either today or tomorrow i gotta go and at least get like maybe one more or two more games and then i have like this like or my fiance he has this like i forget what you call it it's like this like game with like a bunch of games that are like old games Okay. So right. he has that. And so we're going to connect that and they could play like a bunch of like different, like old games. It's pretty fun. Uh, I've never played it, but I've seen it and it looks fun. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so we're going to do that. And then obviously like a movie night or something, you know, I was so gutted Denise because I was going to be on the board game club episode with you. And what happened? Well, unfortunately, I double booked myself. I How? forgot that. I, well, because like usually my other podcast that I do, we record that on a Wednesday. And so I, in my head, I was like, oh, cool. Me and Ash are going to record on a Wednesday. So that'll be fine. We'll do that then. And then he texted me on that Monday and was like, we're still recording tonight, right? And the reason why we'd moved it to the Monday is because it's his birthday this week. And he didn't really want to be doing any more podcast work for the rest of the week. So we thought, I said, cool, we'll just do it on the Monday then. And that meant though, I wasn't around to do the board game club record and I was gutted, absolutely gutted because you were playing Werewolf as well, which is a game I absolutely love. How did you find board game club? So have you talked to Adam by any chance? I have not. Adam said that there was a lot of technical problems 
um and there were you were going to get two episodes out of it but it was gonna be very like it was a lot of technical issues well i wasn't in the first episode i mean i was i was in the first episode but not in the second episode okay so i don't know if he had technical issues the first time or the second time i'm not sure either but you were around to play werewolf right yeah yeah so i was in the first one for werewolf and from what i knew i don't think we had technical issues during that but who knows what happened in post i don't know but um I'm actually going to let it be a surprise. Oh, you little Yeah, I'm going to let it be a surprise. I think you're going to have to watch the episode. I'm so excited. I saw that you made friends with John Gracie, though. I did. He was very nice. He made the game very, very fun. Like he took it. He made it into an experience, not just a game, but like an experience, which was very nice. Um, But no, everybody there was like super kind, very, very nice. And I was just like, I just know I'll give you one hint. I didn't realize how competitive and aggressive I am. And you'll oh, I mean, find I, that. I, I could have sold you that today. What? Yeah. How? I th- I don't know. You I just always had this thought about you that like if you put you into competitive scenario, you're gonna get real super hyper competitive about winning. <laughs> okay, well, I got very super competitive and I got super <laughs> aggressive during this game. And um I'm very proud of my performance. And let's just say that my teammates were not um my teammates let me down. Oh no. Okay, well, I'm I'm very, very excited. When I told my wife <laughs> that you were playing werewolf she was so excited because like are my you serious wife, i mean because a she loves you but b she loves werewolf as well like that's our, that's like our favorite game that we play with our friends all the time so she was like i cannot wait to watch denise play that game it's such a fun game like when okay so adam sent me the rules and i was like he sent me like a wiki how page or something like that. And I was reading the rules and I was like, WTF did I sign up for? Like, because it was, it was, they explained it differently from like the actual game. Like, I think that the online rules are like, they were telling me like, you have to be like pretending like you're some sort of blacksmith. Like you have to prove that you're a villager. So like paint a story. But then I asked and I was like, do I have to do that? And they were like, no, you don't have to do that. So I was like, oh, okay then. And so it was kind of one of those things where you just learn as you go, but prior to it it sounded very very confusing and i thought oh my god i'm gonna do so bad in this game i found that as well when i've introduced it to new people because do you know who else loves werewolf who my my mum. oh my, it's a good game my mum loves playing werewolf like that like when we go around to for christmas and stuff she always asks like did you bring werewolf and i'm like yeah, sure did mum. here it is because i've got like expansions for it and everything with like new role, new roles and stuff she loves i can't wait to watch it in fact like if i know it's in the back end of of no roles but i may just go and sneak in and watch it now oh that's awesome yeah so i can't wait to see the episode and i'm curious as to what people are gonna say <laughs> Uh, right, well, let's get out of here, Denise. Um, you've got a busy day ahead of yourself. Um, no, I'm going to go to... take a nap. I'm exhausted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I have okay. a show later on, so I need to have energy for smug dung. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll go. You let, let you have a nap then instead. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Pete and Tempest will be back tomorrow with the SmackDown review, and I'll be back with Ollie Davis on Tuesday to review Raw. Carrying Cross will be mad or something. Uh, take care, everyone. I love you. Hold up, hold up, 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.